Let's start with prayer. O heavenly King, the comfort of the spirit of truth, heart ever present to fill us all things, treasure blessings, and giver of life. Come and abide in us and cleanse us from every impurity and save our souls, a good one. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Alright, this is the second to last class that we're going to be having for this particular, I'll say, session of catechumen classes. So, there's much rejoicing. Uh, I don't know, some of you, uh, well, first time, so uh, we will be restarting classes. I don't know when that will be right now, partly because I'm talking at a place of being really tired, so if I made something, I would say like uh, August, but that's not realistic. Uh, so we'll, we'll start something over again. Uh, we have coming up, uh, if you haven't scheduled with me the second meeting, uh, we need to sit down uh, and schedule that. Shoot me an email and schedule it. It's best if you shoot me an email because otherwise it's hard for me to keep track. I sit down and look at my calendar at the same time when I'm checking my email so I can just start going do 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 do. Otherwise, I'll say something and then I forget. So, uh, we have on Lazarus Saturday, that is April 8th. So, we are only three weeks basically away from that. So uh, some there are those that I'll need to talk with you. Uh, if you attendance, uh, if I know you, etc., then we need to be planning for the 8th uh, to be either baptized or chrismated. If you haven't sent me a baptismal certificate if you were baptized, uh, I need a baptismal certificate or I need a letter maybe from whoever baptized you uh, saying that you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm assuming that everyone understands baptism is water, that you weren't baptized in something else. You might go, what? And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff out there. And I mean baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, not the Creator, Sustainer, and Sanctifier, or something like this. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh... As a parent, can you just like? Did you like, baptize your kid? Uh, you did. I did one of them, yes. Yeah. Well, and I mean, then, then that means you did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was I don't think, do I count or no? I, I just didn't know if as a parent. Was she baptized? Yes. Yeah. I just don't know if I can say as a parent, like. Elena was baptized. Because the, the pastor the is dead? Because... No. I think I, think I understood. Okay. 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 I didn't know if I needed to... Vouch? Yeah. The best vouching that I have seen yet is somebody had a video <laughs> that they sent to me. Which I was there like, okay, this is... This is the best. <laughs> because some guy who baptized you in 1986... Right? Or like... I'm assuming, I'm hoping, because you had Presbyterians, Methodists, etc. They just started doing whatever they want. Uh, just a year or two ago, I think there was a huge drama in Roman Catholic world. A uh, priest in M Michigan, I think it was, yes. where he hadn't been doing the formula correctly. Mm -hmm. And so they had. There, it was just this huge kerfluffle. Uh, we wouldn't have dealt with that kerfluffle the same way in the Orthodox Church, but... It was a kerfluffle. Uh, <laughs> that's a technical, canonical answer. It's Greek. <laughs> um, uh, 
again, uh, I highly recommend if you haven't come to a pre-sanctified liturgy, uh, you need to put that on your calendar to come to a pre-sanctified liturgy uh, and make that effort to come. Uh, I'm trying to think. We also, I will probably on, uh, we need to start scheduling in that second meeting, uh, start scheduling lifetime confessions. So that is something that um, I'll probably use half of next class to talk about confession because I don't think I have enough time to talk about the things I want to talk about and talk about confession. And I'm sure that you would appreciate that because that's probably, of all the things, it's not stage fright about getting chrismated or baptized. It's stage fright about standing in front of an icon with me standing next to you and hearing you confess your sins. <clears throat> but I think I can speak for all those who have to go to confession because I have to go to confession. Uh, it's much scarier than it seems and you're always going to have that little bit of like nervousness that wells up inside of you. That means you're human and alive and like, so that's fine. That's something to work with and kind of like give you movement towards needing to get it out of you uh, instead of hiding it. She's just going to feel a lot better. Just on like an empirical night, like, yes, that's also God stuff, right? But like, you just, we all, when we are vulnerable and actually share what's going on, we all feel like a weight is lifted off. So this is all works together. And I encourage you, don't, I've heard all sorts of stuff. It's okay. Like, I'm not going to flinch. I'm not going to be weirded out. I've heard all sorts of stuff. Okay. So don't let that cloud your mind like oh he's gonna think less of me sometimes honestly i don't even remember <laughs> because i i think i heard like at seven last night just last night maybe more i don't remember half of them there's certain things that i'll remember and there's usually i think there's a grace also of being in that context but you're also none of you i'm starting to do the confession talk so i'll stop after this point but none of you are that unique I'm sorry to tell you. Your sin is not, you're not a precious little snowflake. You're all pretty dirty the same ways. Men kind of are dirty in certain ways, and women are kind of dirty in certain ways. So, it's okay. I'm used to it. Don't, I'm not going to think less of you. Um, is there any, I'm, what I'm going to basically be talking about is kind of walking through the service. Are, are we baptized? I think I'm... Who is getting baptized? Is anybody getting baptized? You will be baptized, and you, because there's no baptism. Well, there's baptism. There's no record. I can't get I respect to the church. Plus 12. So is the Baptist church down the road? Uh, Central, yes. Yeah, the Ron, Ron Hare, who baptized me, is dead. It's, yeah, there's no, there's no proving it. Okay. Were there witnesses? 12. Yeah. This is a, so. I'm just going to let you in on a little thing. The Orthodox Church has struggled with modernity <laughs> and being like in East Tennessee, as opposed to being in Germany, where it's like, oh, we have Lutherans and we have Reformed and Roman Catholics. These are basically Christians and Mennonites. Okay, when they come become Orthodox, we know this is how they baptize because we can look in a book. But when you get to East Tennessee <laughs> and just America and just like the past hundred years, you just take all that stuff and you just throw it up. You have no idea what's going on. So there is a kind of discernment where there is a desire to recognize what is good 
right? And that there is, uh, God was acting in that. But at the same time, like, basically want to make sure, I don't doubt, it's not a question of somebody, right? It's a, it's a question of making sure. The Roman Catholic Church also does this. Basically, it would be a conditional baptize, a baptism. I basically say, if the servant of God, you aren't going with Aaron, with Tikon. I almost said Theopon, Tikon. The servant of God, Tikon, uh, if he has not been baptized, is baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, that's what we would do. Just CYA, to use the colloquialism, right? Like, just making sure, uh, dotting our I's and crossing our T's. Uh, I don't know, I feel like as I'm getting older, I'm starting to, like, Dot your eyes, dot your keys and cross your eyes. Yeah, or like even like <laughs> phrases that I'll say, the consonants, I switch the consonants of the two. That's weird. Okay. No turn unstoned. Yeah, exactly. No turn unstoned. <laughs> 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 Not even old yet. <laughs> I don't think. It's any better. <laughs> Who has been to a baptism here? So some of you. So how who who have seen any other sacraments? Is it basically just communion? You watch a live stream of baptism? Not our, but not here, not right? Here. Somewhere else. Okay. Was it in a stream? Live stream. But was it in a stream? No. Oh, okay. You said emphasis on stream, and I was like, I was baptized in a river. So, uh, actually, it is in, in the church. It's it's preferable to be baptized in living water, uh, because living water is like moving water, right? Uh, I think a lot of that had to do with, like, if it's moving water, then it's not stagnant water. Mm-hmm. So there is that. But um, uh, baptism, as, as, you, is, as you know, is an initiation into the body of Christ. Chrismation uh, is, and we'll look at uh, some of the prayers for chrismation, uh, it is if going into the water and being baptized is dying... Chrismation is being sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, like the dove alighting on you. Uh, one is uh, kind of forgiving your sins, the baptism, and the Holy Spirit is now infusing you with the life that Christ has given you to be able to follow after him. Uh, you see that there's uh, that you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, that Paul talks like this. The early church, very, very early on, it's not explicit in Scripture, but this is also just a different way that scripture works in the Orthodox Church in general because they're not trying to go back and reconstruct and figure out through like fossil records, you know what I mean? That what they say is like, well, the generation after that who said this is what the apostles did, that's who we're following, like the living tradition, right? So that seal of the Holy Spirit that Paul is talking about, the early church has always sealed Christians with chrism. Chrism uh, is... Uh, actually, it's a particular recipe. There's a recipe of certain fragrant herbs and things that are basically during Holy Week. Uh, it is cooked and prepared. Uh, I actually, in the last batch for the OCA, uh, was a deacon at the time. So I got to stir the pot while a priest sat there and you just read the God. Like, it's basically all through Holy Week. Uh, you have a pot. Uh, and you are stirring the pot continuously because it needs to keep moving. Otherwise, right, you're heating up oil and you don't. Uh, and there's, st- there's stuff in it. Uh, and the priest just sits and reads the gospel. And it's just continuously <laughs> happening. Holy Thursday is then when they have the rite 
because uh, Holy Thursday is when we have the institution of uh, the Eucharist. It's also after, if I remember correctly, the order of things. After that liturgy, there is then the primate of the church uh, will bless uh, the chrism. That chrism is then sent out to the diocese, and then it's distributed. I just got a, n a new batch of chrism because I was starting to run low, and I don't want to run out, especially since we have a crop of people coming in. Uh, it is, it's, it's not just olive oil, right? It's oil, and it's got all, like, there's, I could find you probably the recipe list. Uh, uh, it has a fragrancy to it that is not just olive oil. It is, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back to baptism. And I'm just going to kind of talk through the service. <clears throat> Those who have been to an Orthodox baptism, what was the thing that jumped out at you? Spitting on the devil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I was that, say. Spitting on the devil? There's a lot of demons, period, that are talked about at the beginning of the service. The whole beginning of the service is basically a series of exorcisms. Historically in the church, the uh, when I say historically in the church, there's all little tiny differences. Like what they're doing in like uh, North Africa and Rome is a little bit different than they're doing in like Caesarea or Jerusalem. It's all basically the same, but they might do it in a different order, different prayers, right? But if through your catechumenate process, there would have been uh, regularly scheduled exorcisms that would have occurred. This is still if you do RCIA and the Roman Catholic Church, they'll have regular scheduled exorcisms. <coughs> we just, because the Orthodox Church has gotten so used to baptizing babies, because after a few, you know, 100 years, you basically catechized everybody in the area so you're just baptizing babies and you just got used to doing it but all those exorcisms are now at the front of baptism uh, and it is because the Orthodox Church has a very living idea of the presence of the demonic and that there is uh, within our hearts there is good but there's also stuff that lurks there that needs to be cast out so there is uh, a lot of strong language against the devil uh, there is a lot of uh, language of exorcism, of blowing. What, what do you think of when, uh, if I was blowing in somebody's face in the sign of a cross? The Holy Spirit, right? This kind of preparatory uh, God over the waters, right? Blowing the wind, all of those images coming together. Uh, this is preparation saying, get out. Uh, then there is... Um, basically what you call the adhesions and basically the denial of saying like I'm not going to follow Satan and all his pomp and all his worship and all his pride uh, you renounce him uh, and then that is when you spit on him <clears throat> I think we all have at least culturally kept um, if somebody spat at you that's not a good thing right so that is basically you're saying like I'm done with you uh, spitting on him and then you, that whole time that you're doing that, you are facing away from the east. Because in the church, the east was where the sun rises, which is also where uh, paradise is, which is also where Christ is going to uh, come in glory is from the east. That is basically all of this through scripture, and that's the way of the church. So when you are renouncing the devil and all of that, uh, you are facing away from the east while you're... Uh, doing the renunciations and then you do the adhesions which is you turn back towards the east and then you uh, <clears throat> unite yourself to Christ these are all done 
We're orthodox, so everything's going to happen three times. Uh, it's not just once. There's repetition. Repetition is good. Do you unite yourself to Christ? I do unite myself to Christ. Have you united yourself to Christ? I have united my, myself to Christ. Do you believe in him? I believe in him in, as king and God. And then you have the recitation of the creed. Uh, the creeds were actually the first development of creeds. These little short statements of faith actually all come from baptism. Uh, they were the creeds that were given to those who are being introduced into the church and being initiated into the church. This is the summary of what we believe, right? So we say the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed, uh, which how many of y'all have basically memorized this at this point? Maybe I, I will have a piece of paper just in case, because even I, you know, you're just like going along and then you like trip up on one word and all of a sudden you skip the sound and you go straight to the spirit or something like that right <clears throat> so we make sure that you uh are saying the creed and then more adhesions i have united yourself to christ i have united myself to christ the priest says bow down before him and you just bow down at the waist and say i bow down before the father son holy spirit the trinity one in essence and undivided so all of these things you don't have to memorize what is going to happen i'm going to tell you what to do uh so that you're not like what's going on okay uh i i like to do the exorcisms even for those who are being catechized there's a little bit of uh some priests don't like to do that but i think why not y'all probably need it uh we all need it right but i'm just gonna do it to all of you <laughs> if we weren't doing if like everybody was to be chrismated then I would be following a different service that was outlined. <coughs> we wouldn't do baptisms, obviously, right? Uh, this is something that was uh, created uh, because chrism, chrismation is not uh, just, uh, it is the whole ritual act. You have uh, baptism, and then you have chrismation, then you have a tonsuring, uh, and then the reception of Holy Communion. So there's that whole process of initiation with the summit, the... Uh, where the goal is of receiving Holy Communion. Uh, there is, uh, with chrismation, it was also used in the early church for those who had become schismatic or who had been outside of the church to reconcile them back into the church. Uh, you'd be surprised sometimes, uh, you all are familiar with Arians right now, right? Mm -hmm. Not the Nazis, but the denying of the Son of God, right? Almost the same thing. Uh, <laughs> Yep. They would have been received back into the church, even if they were baptized by Arians. If you're baptized by Arians, your reception back in the church, they wouldn't rebaptize you. They would just chrismate you. Uh, because that was, they saw the form, uh, and the, to bring back, they still saw the basic structure of the faith there. So there's times that you might encounter Orthodox who get really stringent about things, but they don't actually know the history of the church and the way the fathers actually dealt with things. Uh, that there was uh, discernment that was uh, applied in certain situations where someone's like, nope, that's, uh, for example, in our, we have a clergy handbook and it says, all right, uh, I think it's Mormons, <laughs> uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, I think it even has Quakers on there. Uh, it used to have Baptists on there. <laughs> but I think they had more exposure to Baptists over time and realized that Baptists don't really belong in that category. <laughs> Most Baptists don't belong in that category. Uh, like oneness Pentecostals would belong in that category, right? No, Unitarians. Unitarians. Uh, you, Muslims. Uh, 
I don't think they even have Jews because it's kind of like obvious that somebody who's Jewish would have to be baptized. Uh, but you can have in here Mormons, you know, uh, these, they have the language, but they don't actually have the content. Um, so, let's see here. The baptism, this all happens in the narthex, what we were just talking about, the uh, renunciations and adhesions and the confession of faith. <clears throat> this happens in the narthex because the narth <laughs> we don't have a narthex. <laughs> we destroyed it. But if you all have never seen the narthex here. Um, You've never. Photos. No, so never Has anyone ever? All right. Well, yeah, you you've been here, and you're okay. Well, we destroyed everything last Pentecost. Basically, the week before Pentecost last year. That's right. So there used to be a narthexy area. That's basically still that tile area where I kind of do the introductory stuff. Narthexes and and are they're like a transitional space that's how it's supposed to be church architecture we kind of have this with foyers right in like big houses right like there's a this kind of transitional you say hi whatever maybe take your coat off in that area that's not what our narthex is really supposed to be in a church it's where you are coming out of the world you're entering into a tra transitional space and the nave is then like being in the church and then you have like the holy of holies right which is the altar so do what you also take your weapons off in the narthex is that right? That that's sounds the, right. That's, the, that's where the last. I'm not allowed to have any. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm not allowed to have weapons. So, and I have weapons if I'm going to hunt, but that's a whole other thing. If I if I was to have to defend myself and kill someone, if that's what happened, I would be basically suspended and have to have like review of whether or not I can actually be admitted back to serve, uh, because. I do the Eucharist. I, if there's hand, if there's blood on my hands, then I can't offer the blood of sacrifice. So you can see, like, there's just a seriousness about uh, who can access or be at the altar and do the things, right? There are no warrior priests. In do what? There are no warrior priests in Orthodox. No, there's uh, if if there there are monks, uh, and there are times uh, <laughs> you can find some pictures. Depending on the situation, uh, that's that's for another time. Uh, uh, there's always the ideal of things, and then what's actually happened sometimes on the ground when you're being invaded by a culture that's going to destroy you. You might have a higher monk who picks up a rifle. Otherwise, everybody's gone. So, anyways, that was a nice tangent. Uh, <laughs> all that happens in narthex. Then we can go into the holy place in the name. Everyone's brought in uh, for baptism uh, or for chrismation. There's a long prayer blessing of the baptismal water uh, that is uh, in very structurally similar to Chrysostom's anaphora or even Basil's anaphora. I'm sure that hearing Basil's anaphora today, it's really long, so it can be hard to like hear it, but it's structured like God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Creator, the one who set everything up to make everything work the way it should, but we done messed it up, so he's got to fix it all, and this is the way he fixed it, right? There you go, there's a little mini, that's what the anaphora basically says, right? And then you ask God to do something, to have the Holy Spirit come down. So the water, uh, after I get done with kind of uh, this... Uh, long prayer, uh, asking, Wherefore, King who loveth mankind, come thou now and sanctify this water by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the invocation of the Holy Spirit to come down. 
uh, and then asking that this water in the, ba- uh, in the baptismal font grant it the grace of redemption, the blessing of Jordan, make it the fountain of incorruption, the gift of sanctification, the remission of sins, the remedy of infirmities, the final destruction of demons, unassailable by hostile powers, filled with angelic might, let those who ensnare thy creature flee far from it, the demons, right? For we have called upon thy name, O Lord, and it is wonderful and glorious and awesome unto adversaries. And then this is where the priest then blows on the water and then makes the sign of the cross and says, let all adverse powers be crushed beneath the sign of the image of thy cross. And he does it, of course, how many times does he do it? Three. So there's basically three, 12, and 40. That's how we do things, right? And sometimes it's 12, Lord have mercy. Sometimes it's 40, Lord have mercies. But everything we basically do in threes, right? Again, the same thing. What is happening? Breathing over the water and the sign of the cross. Creation, like baptism, right? renewing all the things uh the flood uh you have the crossing of the red sea all of these things are like this uh creative destructive act it's all through the psalms uh this is what baptism evokes and is what is happening to y'all right you want to as we talk about this one hymn i forget which feast it is but drowning the noetic pharaoh killing off the spiritual demon basically that resides within us once we have that uh, this blessing of the water we then have a blessing of oil and this is not chrism this oil this was done uh, as a preparatory thing Uh, when you think about oil in scripture what do you think about kings Kings? anointing Anointing, right healing Uh, all of these kind of images are being uh, drawn up uh, you are, uh, there's a blessing of oil, and then there's a sing of alleluia, 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 while the, the priest actually puts oil into the baptismal water in the sign of the cross three times. And then uh, the one who's to be baptized is anointed. He's anointed, he or he or she is anointed on the forehead, the servant of God. Uh, let's say Tikhon is anointed with the oil of gladness, the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, unto the healing of soul and body. It's done on the breast and the shoulders. Uh, on, for the ears is unto the hearing of the faith thy hands have made and fashioned me there's put crosses of the oil and then the feet that he or she may walk in the way of thy commandments uh, then the baptism occurs so practical thing if you're going to be baptized you need to wear stuff that you can be baptized in right uh, I don't suggest tight white stuff uh, like a speedo yeah, no, no speedos <laughs> uh, Swimming trunks and like a t-shirt would be fine, like a dark t-shirt. Uh, sandals or something, because too, because I need access to your feet. <clears throat> Everybody's going to be chrismated, I'm going to need access to your feet. So I suggest sandals or something that you can put shoes on after all of it. But while it's happening, I suggest that you do Hobbit style, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I need access to your feet. Uh, and almost invariably, somebody's got shoes on, okay? Uh, I'll just tell you to take your shoes off. Uh Everyone also, has everyone figured out who's going to be received at Leisure Saturday? Have they figured out a godparent? If you haven't figured out a godparent, we'll talk at the second meeting about who your godparent or your sponsor will be. Uh, you need a cross, even if you're not being baptized or just being chrismated, you need a cross. Uh, and I would say also a candle. We need to get some more candles. Um, I'm trying to think of other practical things off the top of my head right now. Yeah. Is Godparent synonymous with sponsor? Yes. And you mean like a necklace with a cross on it? Yeah, that can work. What do you right. already have on? Okay. That will work. 
And some are like, I have to have an orthodox one. It's like, if it's a cross, it's a cross. And that's orthodox. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a Greek or Russian cross. Okay, that's fine. If your grandmother gave you a cross and you wear it on your necklace and that's the one, you're like, that's fine. You don't have to go buy another one. Like candles? There's specific candles that you all have? Or is it just like... Yes. Okay. You have to pay me. They're $50 a piece. <laughs> <laughs> but not a Hobby Lobby. Like. Honestly, I don't care. Okay. You can buy... So, there's so many little traditions around this stuff. <laughs> so, like, if this was a Greek church and I was baptizing a bunch of little Greek babies, uh, one, those little Greek babies, that oil... I would slather that baby up. <laughs> they put oil. They just like it would drop know, it. it's very Greek. I don't know. It's just what they do. Uh, I don't. That just sounds like a pig. Right. Like I don't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the country of Greece. Yeah. Really <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way they do. Uh, the other thing is that they uh, are more regularly. So, for example, uh, the Johnson. She's Greek in background. She had gotten a candle from a monastery, this is a typical thing, and it is dolled up, right? They, like, do all sorts of stuff to it, and it's long. It almost looks like, if you're familiar with, like, more Roman Catholic or Episcopalian, like, the Paschal candles that they have, it's, it almost looks like that. It's big. We don't have that practice here. That's, you can have, like, even a normal taper, right, and just put the thing on it. Uh, folks do keep their baptismal candle. I still have my baptismal candle from 2007. So, you can keep your candle, and then other practice that is here at St. Anne's that I haven't really seen anywhere else, but this is what folks do here at St. Anne's, mm-hmm. is when you come close to the anniversary of when you're received in the church, you'll have your candle, you'll light it up again, and then you go to the front of the line to receive communion. It's a nice practice. It's no, you won't find it written anywhere in a book, it's just a little tradition, right? So we have had, and we just need to reorder, we had thicker ones that just looked a little bit nicer and like tie a little ribbon around it and, you know, make it look cute. Uh, <laughs> as opposed to just like a bald taper with the little, you know, yeah. uh, hand guard on it. Because let me tell you, as you're holding your candles, you're going to get burned. So you can either see that as an ascetical act that you're just going to stand there and, <laughs> or you get a thing to block it. Act. <laughs> There's baptism is done three times. Uh, immersion uh, is the ideal. Uh, if not, uh, you're very tall. So I might have to, in certain situations, you are too. So uh, I don't know if I can fit your entire body folded down. Typically what I've done is you get in on your knees and then I would put you forward, you guys are going to displace a lot of water. Uh, so I might have just, I've had just, uh, especially the first person. <laughs> I'm going to have a, um, basically like a, not a bucket, a pitcher, thank you, I can't think of the word, and I just make sure that we cover you all the way, okay? Uh, it's not like the Achilles problem or something, right? Like, if we didn't get your heel, right? The, the story where he's dipped in but it's the, his sore point is just that it's not magic, okay? So it's okay if the, your lower back doesn't get all the way wet. Um, there's the reading of the psalm after the baptisms. I suggest we'll have towels. You don't need to worry about towels. You need to have a change of clothing. I suggest everybody wear as light clothing as you can. By light, I don't mean like uh, a wind, ja- you know, breakaway pants or something like that. I mean like, uh, is that still a thing? Yes. 
I'm just not athletic. That's why I don't know that. Uh, like a white shirt and like khakis, right? If you can pull off an all white outfit, okay. I don't know where else you'd wear that, but you know, light clothing. Is a dress a bad idea or? A dress is a perfect idea. Okay. That is very yes. Okay. I don't want you to have to dress like a man just because. <laughs> <laughs> is the goal like light as in color or light? Yeah, as light in and color. Like like Eastern the, clothes. Yes. Okay. All of the above. <laughs> I would love to have it. Just of all the things, this always falls towards like I'm not going to do that right now, which is you'd have like a baptismal garment, right? And maybe the church would have like adult ones, but even if we had had them, if when I got here, we wouldn't have enough to do mm-hmm. this crew that's going to come through. Uh, and again, I want to iterate: if if you and I talk and we're like we're not going to do it last or Saturday, that doesn't mean therefore we're talking about like the end of next year or something like that. It might be Pentecost, right? It might be dormition of the Theotokos or Peter and Paul at the end of June or, or something like that. It just depends on where you're at because you're not going to get pressure from me. But there's also, if I discern that we need a little bit more time or we need to figure some things out, then there's going to be a little bit more time. Okay. <clears throat> After the baptism, you are clothed uh, with the robe of righteousness, which is, right, we would have a robe where you could just wear the light clothing granted the choir sings granted to me the robe of light O most merciful Christ our God who has clothed thyself with the light as with a garment and now we have chrismation <clears throat> this is uh, where the priest will take the holy chrism after he does the prayer and he anoints uh, the person who is to be chrismated this is for those who are being baptized uh, and those who are just receiving chrism so let me those who are being chrismated, we have a little bit of an addition that we do. Uh, I'm just going to pray, the, do the prayer out loud right now, okay? Uh, o Lord God Almighty, you alone are holy, resting the saints, yet because of your great and incalculable love for mankind, you have always offered various images of repentance and have shown the right path to the knowledge of you, the one true God, worshipped and glorified in the Trinity. To those who have wandered from the truth, that not one of them should perish, but they all may be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We give thanks to you, we glorify and extol you, because you have caused the light of, your, of the understanding of your truth to shine in the heart of this, your reason-endowed creatures, blank names, as if from sleep, having roused them up from perishing in error and counted them worthy to seek refuge in your holy Orthodox Church. You make shine in their hearts, O Master, <clears throat> the perfect light of the grace of your Holy Spirit, the enlightening, enlightening knowledge of the truth of your holy gospel. Grant them unfeignedly, irrevocably, without hypocrisy, to unite themsel- themselves to your holy church, truly accepting and confessing the orthodox faith. Number them with your chosen flock. Unite them to the body of your holy church. Make them to be a vessel of honor and dwelling place of your Holy Spirit, that ever nourished and guided by the Holy Spirit, they may observe your commandments, and that by doing your good and perfect will, they may be counted worthy to receive your heavenly good things together with all those who have been well-pleasing to you. For you are the God of mercy, and compassion, love for man, and you desire that all should be saved, and to you do ascribe glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, during this time the catechumens are kneeling then they're uh, told to stand up and stand with fear and then they are to uh, <clears throat> repeat this this true faith of the orthodox church which I now voluntarily confess and truly hold that the, that same I will firmly maintain and confess whole and unchanged even until my last breath God helping me 
and I will teach and proclaim it insofar as I am able. And I will strive to fulfill its obligations with zeal and joy, preserving my heart in good deeds and blamelessness. In witness of this, my true and pure-hearted confession, <coughs> excuse me, I kiss the word and cross of my Savior. Amen. Then I present to you the Holy Gospel and the cross, and you kiss it. Whoever is being uh, just chrismated. Those who are be being baptized, you don't have to do that bit because you weren't baptized before. Uh, then, blessed is God who desires that all be saved and come to the knowledge of truth and on ever into ages of ages. Amen. Then I have you bend again, and then I basically do a public um, absolution. O Lord our God, who remitted the sins of Peter and the harlot through their tears and justified the publican who acknowledged his transgressions, accept the confession of these your servants, etc., 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 and your goodness overlook their deeds, whether voluntary and involuntary, of word or deed or thought, wherein they have sinned against you, for you alone have power to remit sins. And you are a God of mercies and bounties, and to you we ascribe glory. <coughs> Excuse me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then I'll put the epithelion on your head and make the sign of the cross. And then I say, Arise, brothers and sisters, stand up, stand with fear, and as a faithful servant of Jesus Christ, together with us pray. <coughs> Excuse me. To him that he will count you worthy to receive the grace of the Holy Spirit through the anointing of the Holy Chrism. Then everyone is chrismated the same way. <coughs> Something's gotten in the back of my throat. You are sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit on the forehead. The eyes, I'm not going to put it in your eye, but I'll put it right next to your eye. <coughs> Nostrils, lips, ears, breast, by breast, just like the top of your chest, <coughs> hands and feet. And then every time I'm saying the seal to get the Holy Spirit. <coughs> so, as soon as that is done, we are going to be going, uh, basically processing on the baptismal font. Everyone who's been baptized and chrismated. <coughs> Excuse me. I think I'm about to get two cups of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe three. <laughs> that would be right. Somebody else needs to go. Um, can you guess how many times we're going to go around the font? <coughs> we're going to go three times around the font. The, the choir will be singing as many as have, been, as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. I believe that's from Galatians. <coughs> Hallelujah. Then we have a Prokemenon, Epistle reading, Gospel reading. <coughs> Thank you. <laughs> Doo -doo -doo. Then there is um, ablution and tonsuring. The ablution is basically me wiping away the chrism. <coughs> and saying, as I'm wiping away, you are justified, you are illumined, you are sanctified, you are washed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You are baptized, you are illumined, you have been chrismated, you are sanctified, you are washed in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then I do a tonsuring. The tonsuring is basically taking, <coughs> offering up uh, a sacrifice to God. Uh, I take a little piece of scissors and I cut your hair three times. If you don't have hair, <laughs> I air cut. Beard. Beard. <laughs> I won't cut your beard, because I understand. <laughs> That's much easier to mess up. <coughs> Although I do my beard myself, so I'm sure it's always a little cockeyed. Um, but, I mean, I've had babies. You know, some of them are way balder than anybody <laughs> here, right? There's just nothing growing. So I just go, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> so well, I just take the hair, whatever it is, and I just put it back into the baptismal font as a sacrifice. Okay? <coughs> um, then there's a litany. Sing of many years. 
And that's basically baptism and chrismation. That sounds shorter than it really is. It's about 45 minutes. And with as many people as we might have on that morning, we're probably talking about an hour, which is still pretty good because I've been at some really long ones. <clears throat> is there any questions as I talk through that? Is there any, like, memorization we have to do? No, you don't have to memorize anything. I will <laughs> I'll put in front of you the creed. That's the only thing that you really have to say. It's kind of like an Orthodox wedding. Guess what? You don't say anything. Yeah, it's impossible to mess it up. <laughs> the only thing, like at Orthodox wedding, like the, the the Russians will ask, "Have you have you been forced to be, come and get married to this guy?" <laughs> I don't say that part because I already know that that's not true, so I don't need to say that. Yeah. Uh, but we were talking about the 17th century or something. Mm-hmm. Probably a good idea to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I saw another hand. This is an hour that precedes uh, liturgy. Yeah. Okay. Yep, kids are going to be crazy. There's just no way around it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I read it in the book, but I can't recall. Um, but what is the relevance of the clicking of the hair? It is. I'll, I'll just read the prayer. <coughs> and not that I'm against cutting hair or anything. <laughs> I won't take one of your dreads. <laughs> that would be a, a sacrifice. <laughs> empty spot. O master Lord our God, who has honored man with thine own image and has fashioned him with a reason endowed soul and a comely body. For the body serves the reason endowed soul. You did set on the head on high and didn't endow with the chiefest portion of the systems. senses. Where do all your senses mm-hmm. reside? They're in your head, right? <clears throat> which nevertheless impede not one another, and they ha- you have covered the head with hair, that it be not injured the head with the changes of the weather, and has fitly joined together all the members, right? You did a great job putting us together, God. Thank you. <laughs> Thou, the same Master, through thy chosen vessel, the Apostle Paul, has given us a commandment that we should do all things to thy glory. Bless now this thy servant, who has come to make a first offering, shorn from the hair of their head, and grant that they may all exercise themselves in thy law, and do those things which are all pleasing in thy sight. Basically, it's just an offering of yourself. This goes back very early. <coughs> I remember, doesn't Sam? I mean, there's the stuff with Samson with the hair. But basically, early in the church, offering one's hair was a way of showing like devotion. You can think of this. <coughs> you kind of practically know this because we're in, in just a minute. What is it now? Uh, friar Tuck. What does Friar Tuck have that makes him look like a friar? He has a tonsured haircut. You'll see, actually, say Gregory Palmas, if you see early icons of him, he has a tonsuring that looks exactly, makes him look like a Western monk, actually. Because the Orthodox Church, historically, when they did tonsures, that tonsure was not a snip, snip, snip. It was a, and then a a regular, well, they didn't have a machine, but, you know, like, scraping, the uh, like, having, you're distinctly set aside. Isn't it, isn't it also a way of an acknowledgement that you're becoming a servant? Uh, you know, a servant of God, like like a if, if you're ever ordained, then then you're tonsured also. It's like you're you're. I wasn't. Uh, no, you were not. Nope. Maybe that's a Roman thing. But that's not an Orthodox um, thing. Well, when, I, when, I was, when I was made a reader, they they <coughs> did a tonsure. Huh. I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, we are all. You all are basically getting ordained in a certain sense. Like we're being baptized and chrismated, not to denigrate like priest ordination. But ordination just means you're set aside and being given a task. You guys are being made soldiers of Christ. This is the language of, of the service. Soldiers of Christ, you are being empowered with the Holy Spirit with the chrismation. Uh, <clears throat> you're offering up your hair as a sacrifice of uh, service. Uh, 
there's some Old Testament things that are running around in my head, but I want to, before I just make a claim, I want to actually go back and check on it. Uh, I'm thinking of like the servant who has his ear pierced and things like that, but I, I, I think there's something with hair too. I know Samson, but that's the opposite. That doesn't really work. Well, because <laughs> the, the strength is in his hair, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Jewish Nazaritic vow was if they took a vow, they shaved off all their hair immediately and then. From that point forward until their vow was completed, they let their hair grow completely. There was no cutting it for the rest of the time. And so That's still with monastics. They're not supposed to cut their hair at all. So at the end, when the vow was completed, <coughs> they would shave off all their hair again, and that would be a sacrifice to the Lord. You're dedicating that time. <laughs> I'm going home now. <laughs> so, there you go. Thank you. <coughs> It's really interesting, you know, we get these certain paths through scripture because of the, the wave we are formed. And what I have always found with orthodoxy, I think I basically get the idea. And then, like, I actually read Moral Testament. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> they really actually took this seriously. And this is basically still what they do. It's just all Christ-centered instead of just, you know, Mosaic law-centered because everything is fulfilled through Christ. Are there any other practical questions? All right, I know one that I think of. Receiving Holy Communion. Have you thought about the logistics of that? I was hoping you would, like, go over that. So. All right. <laughs> one hand is really simple. There isn't another hand. It's really simple. <laughs> <coughs> you come up with your arms crossed. Uh, basically, there's a practical element. This is also just kind of like a submission and, like, being cro making the sign of the cross. It's also practical. So your hands are like this. So when you come up, you're not like trying to make the sign of the cross while I'm holding the chalice because this has happened before. Uh, you know, somebody wants it and they then have to burn everything I'm wearing. Um, seriously. Uh, you are going so open your mouth. Be like a good little chicky. Open your mouth and I will put the spoon in your mouth and then you will close it. Please don't use your teeth. I don't know what it is. People <laughs> like to use their teeth, and I just just say, don't use your teeth. It's kind of like daintiness. I don't I don't know where it's coming from. They go, just, just it's a spoon. Just take it like a spoon. If you eat things off a spoon like that, please don't do it when I'm do, giving it to you. Anyway. It just seems like a bad idea for your teeth. I don't get it. Maybe it's some idea that like they're afraid, like they don't want to touch the spoon. Just, just take it. Don't worry about it. I just consumed everything, every single mouth in this place <clears throat> was in the chalice, basically, that I consumed and the deacon does. I don't get sick from it. It's the body and blood of Christ. On top of that, it's also like the, the property of wine itself kills things. So it's all, it's fine. You're not going to get sick from that. You're already in a tight place anyways with people coughing. If you're going to get sick, you don't know where it's from. So just don't. And you might be wondering, I never thought about that. I have people who that is a concern, right? Mm -hmm. Just I, I wouldn't worry about that much. I understand it as a concern, but I've been doing this for years and years now, and that's never I've never been able to say, like, that's why I got sick. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm trying to think. Somebody told me we say our name. But yes, yeah. please say your baptismal name. I, especially if it's not the name that I've known you for for months. <laughs> if you come up and you're like, I'm probably going to want to say Theophon instead of Tikon now because I just goofed, right? Like, uh, just say your name. And teach your kids to say their names too. Mm -hmm. 
because there's still I, I've almost made the announcement here to, to remind everyone to do that because I think just because I've known it for six months there's gonna be that time you're gonna walk up and I'm just gonna go I can't remember who your mom is right now like I just because I'm just in the groove I'm handing out community so I can't always be on my toes right I can't think and go back in my head like a Rolodex do you know what a Rolodex is <laughs> Go back and watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off and I bet you'll see a Rolodex. <laughs> Are there any other practical questions? What do you do after you <coughs> take the, like... You swallow? Do you wipe All right, yes, thank you. Yes, I forget. Okay. I don't really receive communion like that very often. <laughs> I receive communion at the altar in a different without it being through a spoon. Mm -hmm. So I just take and eat the bread and then drink straight out of the chalice. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> After you receive, you swallow. Somebody is basically going to, they're not going to forcefully do it, but they're going to basically dab your lips with the cloth that's there to make sure that there's not body and blood just hanging out <laughs> so that you don't take it somewhere else with you. And then after that, you uh, go and receive Zapivka. The Zapivka is just the Russian for the bread and wine that's been set out in the middle. Mm -hmm. I remember once I called it Zapivka, and everybody over there was like, what is Zapivka? I'm like, it's the bread and wine. It's just, it's just the Russian word. Um, and it does the same thing as Antideron, which is... Yes. Zapivka, though, has the wine uh, attached. If you were going to a Greek church, I'll give you some, If you were to be on vacation, you're going to an Antiochian church. There's not going to be Zapivka out. It's a Russian thing. Uh, it's like a cleansing of the palate. <coughs> Uh, if you went to an Antiochian Greek church, they will, at the end of the service, typically you, the, you will go up and instead of kissing the cross, the priest will give you a blessing and hand you a piece of Antideron. Okay. Historically, the Antideron, this is the last thing I'm going to say unless there's a practical, another practical question. <coughs> it means like instead of the gifts. <coughs> Antidoron, doros is gift. So it would be if you were not in a place to be able to receive Holy Communion, uh, and I'm going to talk about the kind of uh, life of confession, reception of communion, etc. Uh, you know, if it's been three or four months and you haven't been to confession, you need to come to confession. And it's okay for you to take a minute, like take a week off. And if you're just like, I'm not in a place I shouldn't <coughs> receive because there's stuff going on right now that and stuff that I did uh, driving here this morning, screaming at my kids that <laughs> I maybe need to just. No one's ever done that before. No one's ever done that before. <laughs> I'm just giving a random example. If that's really, like, on some of it, that's really weighing on your conscience, then it's okay to not receive. Uh, but if, where was I going before that? Because I sidetracked myself. And Teeteron was what, for those who are, uh, are not in a place to receive, but they would receive that instead because it's blessed. And basically what's happened in North America, these little tea tradition things, it's kind of become a welcome bread for everybody, and that was not the case historically. It's just kind of moved around. May I add something? Yeah. Uh, a couple of the practical things. Um, I, I don't think this would apply to most people here, but if you're if you're female and you have lipstick on, please blot the lipstick off before you come up to receive. Just don't wear lipstick lipstick to church. And it, it destroys icons, and it, and it and it really makes a mess on the communion spoon. And then um, one practice that we don't do here, but you will encounter it if you go on vacation to other places, 
is typically after you receive, you kiss the chalice, the base of the chalice. Right. Not the priest's hand, but the base of the chalice. Okay, so if you go to some churches and you don't kiss the base of the chalice, they'll yank you back so you can kiss them. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> you'll have, the priest gently. will commune you and then he'll like hold up the chalice like that so you can kiss the bottom. Yeah, We stopped doing that here completely out of a sense of time <laughs> because it was just, because that just adds one more little thing. And so, and it's not a universal practice. But if you're in a Russian church or like a Serbian church, they're going to do that more. Greeks, keep moving. I don't mean that in a impious way. I just mean that's just not what they do. Any other questions? Are you supposed to do the sign of the cross afterwards? You can just do it away from the chalice. Yes. Are we only ever going to do confessions with you? In what way do you mean that? Uh, this just might be like for our family, but because we spend extended periods like away, like if we were to find a, a different... I'd say in consultation with me, that's perfectly fine. Okay. The only reason I say consultation with me is that I know that you're being taken care of. Okay. That it's not about like a power trip thing. Right. Because honestly, it's fine if other people go confess with other priests. Right. Uh, it is more of just making sure that if I'm not hearing confessions, somebody else is hearing your confession. Okay. What I will say, and you might get ingenious in this way, as you're like, I don't want to confess that to Father Daniel, so I'll wait to confess that with somebody else. <laughs> <coughs> just, just don't do that. Because <coughs> it also can put, you get in some weird pastoral situations sure. where you've got something serious on your heart or something going on, and you don't tell your priest, but you tell another priest in confession, and that just, man, they, they don't know who you are. Right? Like they so, I don't suggest that as a good practice. In fact, I would say don't do that for your sake and for the priests involved. Because <laughs> it just makes weird, just, it just gets weird. Yeah. Difficult. Any other questions? That was a great question. This is, as you can see, like, as much as like, I can try to think ahead and I could even have a list of things, it doesn't matter because I inevitably and invariably forget something. Uh, and part of orthodoxy, all of this is to kind of give you a lay of the land and orientation. And there is a kind of personal responsibility of you to be able to read, to quest into orthodoxy, because <clears throat> at the end of the day, you are responsible for your own faith. I can't hold your hand, right? Mm -hmm. I can be beside you. I can coach. I can encourage. But I can't do faith for you. That might sound a really random or weird way to end things, but like, <laughs> there's almost inevitably, invariably, somebody who's like, yeah, this is great, this is good, and they get in, they're like, oh. <laughs> And then they just disappear. And I'm honestly so overwhelmed right now, I can't chase people down. And I need you if, you, if there's something going on that you need something, you gotta let me know, because I can't read your minds, right? Mm -hmm. That's just brass tacks, I, I, I gotta know. You have to communicate with me, because I can't keep up with everything at this point. If there was only 60 of us, which this would mean like a third <laughs> of us right here, like that would be manageable. We're five, six times bigger than that right now. Uh, so, anyways. Now I'm really going to end, okay? <laughs> Alright. Lord, now let us all thy servant depart in peace according to the word from mine eyes. He's seen the salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. <clears throat> Light to enlighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.